0: Radio Reverb I probed into its mysteries every clue, told me a different story (laughs) Radio Reverb Hello and welcome to In-House the Podcast, reimagined and reformatted for Radio Reverb My name is Will Hood and this show is essentially a collection of interviews and music with artists on the In-House Records label These conversations were all recorded remotely over the phone at the height of pandemic lockdown, so sometime between March 2020 and the summer of 2021. And as you're about to hear, In House Records is the world's first prison-run record label, which means that all of the artists you'll be hearing from have spent some time in prison and would have typically have gotten involved with the record label whilst serving time. You should also know that whilst everybody I interviewed had been released from prison, that originally these interviews were part of an audio CD that the label was delivering to seven prisons across the southeast of England as a way to respond to the COVID situation. So, if at points I do reference a prison audience, then that's what I'm talking about. You can find this podcast out in the wild, as it were, on all of the usual streaming platforms. But over the next hour, you will be listening to an amalgamation of three podcast episodes, all of which are with artists talking about the role creativity played in helping them survive prison and transform their lives. If you want to find out more about the In House Records Project, then you should go to inhouserecords.org. That's all one word in house records. Org. But for now, the label wants all listeners to know that they recognise the severity of criminal acts and their far-reaching societal implications. Our aim is not to excuse, but to better understand the environments and challenges faced by those who find themselves in Her Majesty's prisons through conversation and engaging dialogue. In-House Records is a community interest company working collaboratively with HMPPS to bring about the space for positive change to take place. So, this month we have interviews and music with three in-house artists, known respectively as Sea Roots, Parv and Joel. Each of these men have their own story to tell us about the role creativity has had and continues to have in their life. And each of them have obviously drawn great strength from the pursuit of music during difficult times. First up is Carl, or Sea Roots, which is his artist name. In fact, I think I played a track of his last week at the end of the show. And so if you like that and you want to check him out some more, then there's a whole bunch of YouTube content which he's put out there online. Uh, He's really quite prolific, so go and find him. He's a man dedicated to the power of music to transform lives and is now a massively important part of the in-house record label. He's been working for them as an uh, artist manager for some time now, as you'll hear a little bit more about in this interview. So I hope you enjoy meeting him and I'll see you at the other end. Hi, Will. Carl, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm all good, all good.
0: Welcome to In-House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. My name's Will Hood and today I'm talking to Carl, who is finishing up a 16-year sentence at Stanford Hill, which is a Category D or so-called open prison. He's been involved with the in house label for a couple of years, both as a performer and a trainee manager, and hopes to continue working closely with the label once he's been released.
1: Okay, so my name is Carl, um, aka C Roots. When you hear my tunes, it's C Roots. Um, I'm a musician, a lover of life, and you're gonna hear about me soon. <laughs>
0: Explain to me how you met and when you met the in-house records lot.
1: So uh, I'm, I'm currently in Stamford Hill, an open prison. The day they, the, for their first day of coming, they ended up like coming and watching us at um, the Black History concert. So it was good because they got to see what some of us can do.
0: I, I mean, for anybody that doesn't understand, uh, first of all, what a D category prison is perhaps you could explain that
1: dcat dcat is like the lowest category you can get it's the lowest category before you go home so you, you have you have to be doing the right things to be able to go to dcat you sit aboard and then they have accept you or they don't dcat you've got the opportunity to um go home uh, for the weekend you there in DK, you've got the opportunity to actually go out to work. So you go to work, just like what I'm doing now. I go, go to work, then I go back to the prison um, in the evening. So as far as like how in house has helped me to do that is by giving me a job, and it's it's, get, it's got me into um, a working habit. You no, know, like getting up in the morning, um, going to work, handling my daily duties at work. So it kind of breaks, it helps you break the cycle because you know where I've been in so long. For some people it can be like, it's a hard transition if I was to just get out of jail and not have any, it sounds mad, but not have any practice at working, coming out every day working. Um, if I was to just get out of, of prison and then just jump straight in the job, I might not have the skills to keep the job. So in prison you get used to a routine, the system they want us to get used to routine, but then things change and as prisoners, generally, we kind of get get a bit narky um, when they just change something where it's been going. I say like they've been given mad, like two fried eggs with beans on a Sunday for a year, and then all of a sudden they change it to one fried egg. Everyone gets upset because why are you getting us used to a routine? And then you just change it with no warning. Like, when in Deca, you realise, because in life, you have to get used to change because things change all the time. Mm. So it's like you, you kind of got, got get, get used to um, change anyway. <laughs> it's mad.
0: <laughs> so how, how long has your sentence been? How long have you actually done?
1: October the 30th will make two months shy of 16 years.
0: Right. That's a very long time, sixteen years, huh?
1: Yeah, 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 it's a mission. As an individual, your life is put on pause, but things are still going ahead. So it's like you're in a dome. So you're looking outside the, the dome. Life is still going on, but nothing has changed inside the dome.
0: Let's talk about some of the music that you sent me. Yeah, tell me about tears. Tell me about that tune. How did that come about?
1: Tears is like kind of a message for the, the youngsters nowadays. So I've got quite a big family. So I've got a lot, I've got a daughter. She's eighteen. Um, I've got loads of nieces and nephews ranging from six to to seventeen. You see, like when you see the news. Like you always see like this kid stabbed this kid or like another kid's been murdered. I thought, you know what? These kids are just getting out And In tears, I'm highlighting the level of violence that, that goes on with the young people of today. And what I'm saying is that we, like as, Adults need to be role models, need to be role models and show them a better way. And the only way to do that is to come together, you know, everyone come together and show a united front. Yeah, I just thought, you know what, like, I feel like I, I have to say something and my way of saying stuff is in music.
2: And
0: so what difference did it make? Uh, getting involved in something creative when you were inside.
1: I'm an emotional, right? I, 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 um, some of my um, best work comes from my emotions, whether they be happy or sad. But like, um, you know, if, if I hear like a melody playing and it, and it triggers uh, my heart, then, then um, my uh, mind starts flowing. Because prison is is, a, is is a depressing place. So um, for a while, it did help me just as an outlet for my um, for my feelings. Really, like not everyone is happy every single day. But now I'm coming towards the end of it, and you know, like I've I've got more of a relationship with my family now because I'm I'm, I'm getting out more often and stuff. Um, so my my mood tends to be more, more happier, so my music's getting happier. <laughs> from, from a kid from 14, i I've done music and just forgot about it, you know, just my environment and life just got in the way. Then I just didn't even think about music. And then like, um, in like 2007, going into eight, I started back up with music again in prison and then um, so I was, I was just doing like um, electronic beats. So once I linked up with in-house, we was like acted more as a band. You no know, like there was more people playing instruments. So it was like um, I got to grow kind of in my performance, confidence, everything. And I don't know. Say, like, say I had an electronic beat and the band played exactly the same key. I get a better feeling in my heart when I'm doing it rather than doing it to um, an electronic beat, even if they were playing exactly the same thing. It's just different.
0: Yeah. There's definitely a difference between human time and machine time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just the feeling, you know, like that's why it's called live and it's, 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 it is alive.
0: Do you, do you remember a point where music just disappeared? I mean, uh, h- how come it it disappeared from your life?
1: Do you know, I think just my environment. I wasn't really in a in a very good um, environment at the time. Really, I'm not really talking about not, not my home environment, just the area I was living in and stuff. So, I d- didn't make a conscious decision to stop music. It just faded out. So, you know, like at one stage there was like trouble, you know, when you go into, go into certain places, the trouble and it just, just faded out, really. Doing music in prison, like, just wasn't, this, it's not the same thing. Like Although, I, that was like training. You no, know, like, because um, a prison audience is, is a hard audience, you know, like, it seems like no one wants to show emotions, everyone's just looking at you with flat faces. So it's only at the end, when they start making noise and stuff and, and uh, applauding, that's when you realise. Oh no, they did like it. But during it, it's like proper hard. I would love to be successful with my music, and I and I believe that I will get somewhere. But either way, I just want to be in this environment. This is this is where I belong.
0: I have conversations with people, and I tell them about in-house and the project that I'm involved in and some people have a negative reaction to it you know they seem to have the opinion that people that are in prison serving time shouldn't be involved in musical workshops shouldn't be involved in having music lessons you know they see it as um as something that is counter to the reason why they're in prison uh, I, I wonder what you think about that kind of view
1: So what I think is, um, so people with that kind of view kind of are not really thinking it through. So I wouldn't be working towards a career. I wouldn't have something that I love. I'd go and do either uh, a shitty job that um, pays uh, peanuts and go and do crime and then ruin society instead of finding something that I love and want to stay in and make a career out of it, and never um, to be on the police database again. I'm, I, I think that's that's a better look for society rather than what, just go in a sweatshop and get, get my back whipped. And then the minute I can get out of there or find something better, that's what I end up doing. Like, people with that view, I, they're not thinking it through properly. Like, yeah, the punishment is to be away from your family, to be away from society. That is the punishment. The punishment is not be away from society and then not not better yourself. You're supposed to be better in yourself. If that means you don't believe, they don't believe in uh, rehabilitation.
0: And I wonder, for someone that has spent 16 years and um, you know is soon to be fully released, which do you feel that you you've experienced? Do you feel like uh, there has been a rehabilitation?
1: I'm rehabilitated, but. Um, I'm rehabilitated because I choose to be rehabilitated. Only an individual can choose to change. No one can make them change. On the paper, yes, yeah, re- it says rehabilitation. It's like they of rehabilitating anything. You have to search it for yourself. You have to go out and get it. My main change is I've changed myself. Uh, Like I've I've learned more because I wanted to learn more, not because the prison have said this is what you have to do for rehabilitation, they don't do none of that, you get a few courses that they they ask you, they expect you to do, if you don't do those courses you can't get out. If change wasn't on my agenda I could have just sat the courses, changed because I wanted to, I knew I had um, the things I needed to change within myself. Not, not like mainly for me but for my family as well
0: you know what I'm saying I mean that, that's really uh, impressive and, and interesting to hear you talk about how that you know change begins with the individual that you have to want to change I mean I wonder if because it's such a long period of time whether it took you a little while to work that out or whether that's a attitude that you adopted from, from day one of your mm. sentence
1: um no, so it did, it did take a little time, but it's, it's mad. If just before I come to prison, well, see, once my daughter was born, like I, I kind of was softening up. Then just before I come to prison, I kind of had change in my head, but I hadn't made the right, correct steps. But I knew I needed to. Mm-hmm.
0: Describe for me the future for Carl. Then, are you presumably you're really looking forward to being free from all of this
1: resistance yeah. and yeah. the bureaucratic? I've got three, three months left.
0: Okay, three months left, and then and then yeah. what does life look like for you?
1: Well, I'll be working with, with in-house, um, getting more 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 involved. I won't have you know like time limits to to fly back and. And stuff, so um, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. Lots of play, and obviously next year as well will be a bit more. Like hopefully, gigs will be back on. You know, like we can actually start moving forward. I hope to be um, working as a fully fledged manager. So, so- I'll never stop. Even even if I'm a manager, I'd never stop creating my own music. That is my um, my outlet, and it'll always be my outlet.
0: What does it give you, Carl? Why Why is it so important that you'll never stop doing this thing?
1: I just I just love it. And it, even sometimes, like, if I say it's a sad subject that, I'm, that I've written about and and I've I just, once I've written it, I feel better about it. And then once I've performed it, just that once, it's, it's gone. Every time after that, it's just like a memory of something that happened. Rather than ruminating about things... Um, See, once I've, once I've got it down on paper, it's just so much better.
0: If you had a conversation with you on your first day, say you had a time machine and you could uh, have a conversation with you on your first day of your sentence, uh, yeah. what, what kind of advice would you
1: give yourself? Um, I'd I'd give myself the advice of a, a quiet a quiet sentence is the easiest sentence. Um, don't get involved with with um, other people's politics um, and just um, learn as much as you can.
0: All right, man. Well, look, uh, I really appreciate your time.
1: Will you take care of yourself? Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Good luck. Big with it. up big up, big up. All
0: right. Talk to you soon. To To find out more about the world's only prison run record label, go to inhouserecords.org. That's all one word inhouserecords.org.
1: Radio
0: Reverb. 97.2. Radio Reverb. Welcome to In-House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. My name's Will Hood and today we are talking to Parv. Hey Will. Hey Parv, how you doing man? Yeah, I'm good. Now Parv got out of prison in March 2020, just as lockdown began in the UK, after serving a sentence of two and a half years. He's 31 years old and I found him to be super articulate about many things, but particularly the nature of crime and reoffending. And it's probably worth mentioning that the piece of music that you hear underneath this interview is an original by Pav recorded at one of the many in-house showcases. So I hope you get something out of his insights and here's our conversation. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. Having a crazy start to the year with, um, with various bits. I mean, it's the whole extra layer of lockdown. It's just heavy, isn't it? The world at large just feels a little bit depressed. And I think it's that time of year anyway, when it's like January, February, people tend to struggle a bit anyway. The first
3: one, when I first got out of jail, that was in March, and I went straight into lockdown. Okay. That lockdown was fine, actually. Even going from jail to lockdown was fine, because I wasn't in jail, you know? Yeah. But this recent one, which I think started in the one that started in November when they closed the gyms again. Are
0: you, you're a gym man, are you, Pav?
2: Yeah, well, since since
3: jail, yeah. I actually went into jail real skinny. So I think it just feels like progress in a place where you don't really have much progress.
0: Right, OK, something you can get better at.
3: Yeah, 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 exactly. And something like I went into jail as a smoker, um quickly spoken the day that i went in started exercising and stuff and it just helps with that feeling of i'm looking after myself better similar to lockdown this is why i actually to so many people I mean obviously Covid's really bad But at the same time there's some kind of novelty in it Because you finally get some time To sit with yourself
0: How long did you serve, Pat?
3: Um... So I got five years, I did two
0: and a half. Okay. How old were you when that happened
3: I was twenty
0: seven. Did you play music before you went in? You do you have a background in music?
3: Um I played guitar a little bit and I wrote spoken word. Feeling ill. I really owned not being ghetto, because I'm not, um, and not being gangster, and I think loads of people appreciate that as well, like, when you're, when you're just yourself.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, people rap about their experiences or sing about their experiences, and everyone's experience is different. Um, so what I try to put forward in a lot of my songs is that more about love and not violence, is what I was going for. I was kind of going with that new drill like a lot of London English slang that you have nowadays and kind of going through using the same kind of London slang that you'll find more often in drills than any other genre, and just using it in a really not away at all. When I started in-house, one thing that a lot of people liked about me was um, a lot of the songs that I sang um, and a lot of the lyrics I wrote were different from um your general uh, ghetto vibe while still maintaining the fact that i am from london i am from east london i grew up around gang mentality um you know most of my friends um from when i was younger have been to jail as well um but grew up around that but still maintaining that that's not me
2: with a pin, pins, pattern I was from us on the rest of you were chatting When I was wrong, even grazed lungs But you had it, act Made it in for the to right? As long as it's running, it ain't gotta be fat A woman that's down, now she better have trap. A woman that's clad, don't tell her who back Had a WhatsApp that was never trapped Down, 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 you never knew that I got the sound, sound, sound The good song I've been now
3: So you described
0: there that um, a lot of your peers growing up, um, it, it wasn't unusual or it wasn't unheard of for people to end up doing some time. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about that. And, and explain to me, if you can, your thoughts about why there's this revolving door. Why do people keep reoffending? do you think? Um, well, I'll give you a bit of context first. I grew up
3: in Plans, so... Which is right next to Stratford, which now is more known because it's where they had the Olympics. Right. Um, Everyone who I grew up with was very poor. Like, um, it wasn't until I was 14 and got my first girlfriend after going to a gig that I met somebody whose parents actually owned their house and it was a semi-detached house and I was amazed and I was like, wow, when I grow up, I want a semi-detached house. Everyone was on free school meals um, and people, I think, grow up broke and they see their parents struggling and, you know, they struggle, they go to school and, you know, they've got clothes i can't afford anything i think sometimes you can easily be led into ideas of how to make money i first got arrested actually when i was um 13. okay Uh, and it's because everybody at our school had started this like i don't know trend of how to make money and it was such a stupid thing but it got around the school. Everyone was like, you can make money like this. And actually, it was just this really dumb thing where you clog up the um, you know, pay and display machines at a car park. <laughs> OK. Um, so one day, me and my brother were like, OK, cool, we're going to bunk school and make tons of money today with these pay and display machines. We actually did it that day. And I think we made about £60. Wow. That felt amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, £60 to a 13-year-old, that's a lot of money, yeah. right?
3: So then the next day we did it again at East Ham Car Park. It's really funny because I go past it a lot and I remember like, being stopped by the police, running from them, them catching me and my brother. Um, and that's the first time I got arrested. It was really scary. But I think the whole the whole thing of all of that, like you know, we didn't grow up thinking, oh, one day I want to be like a mastermind, pay a display, you know, <laughs> but, you know convict. Like yeah. we just thought we want some money. And when when you grow up with money being so scarce, it I don't know, it just entices you. You're just like, what? That can get you money? And I think similarly, it's the same with drugs. Um, and unfortunately, the world we live in, uh, um, drugs often come with um, gang-like culture. Um, and then often you'll have like people get into selling drugs. I think nearly everybody I knew when I was
0: younger sold drugs at one point or another. So you would you would rationalise that as a that's just the quickest way. That's the most obvious way to make money. Yeah,
3: because it's not until, it's not until, like, you grow older, like, even now, like, I've left jail, I, I do, I do web development, I do, um, tech coding, make websites and stuff, but I still speak to people from jail, um, lots of, I've got loads of mates, and I think the resounding thing, and this is why people, I think, have to reoffend, is, you just don't know what you're going to do And it's why in-house was really good as well. I see people from in-house records coming out, um, and you kind of got a goal. You kind of got an action plan. You know what you're gonna do. Okay, cool. I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna do this music. Obviously, it's amazing that in-house offer like a path and jobs for people too. Because what happens is when you come out and you've got no plan, and you're still in that same mentality. I still need to live. I still need money, what options are there for me? If you don't have an education, if you don't have a degree, sometimes you feel like your options are limited and then it comes down to, okay, cool, how can I make money? A burglary, maybe. Um, Selling drugs, maybe. Um, And it all comes down to just lack of opportunity, opportunity but also lack of knowledge of opportunity. Talking to my probation, um, she called yesterday and I was saying because there seems to be this idea in jail that from the government and, you know, the institution itself, whoever organises what happens in jail, that... A lot of people that go to jail are stupid, unfortunate, but it's true that they believe that the main thing that you focus on when you get to jail is doing basic English, basic maths. And then if you do that, if you want to get a job, it's mainly going to be manual labour. Right. There's this assumption that there's like a limited amount of things that people from jail can do. And what's really interesting is that when people start to see that there's loads more that they can do, like, even with music, right, the ability to write, the ability to create, the ability to write lyrics, um, opens up a whole sphere for you. You can go to advertising what you want. You can have a portfolio of things that you've made, um, and that can help you get into marketing. Um, you know, even having the ability to write to get you into something like copywriting, um... But I think a lot of the time it's kind of like, okay, cool, you're a prisoner, you're here now. What one of these few, you know, job
0: careers are you going to go into? Right, and it and it's a reductive. It's a, it's always a a small selection of reductive jobs.
3: Yeah, and I, I, I honestly, from going to jail, believe that that's like. I mean, it's a lot more complex than this. Like, if it comes down to addiction and other things, like family ties, stuff like that. But generally, I think one of the biggest, biggest things is, especially if the crime was financially related.
0: Yeah.
3: You go into jail, feeling desperate, and like you don't have that many opportunities to make money or to support yourself with the family that you have, and you leave jail feeling the same.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, I've got to be honest, and, and this is me um, coming clean, if you like. Before I went into prison, uh, I definitely had that lazy prejudice that in order to be there, you had to be a bit stupid. And, and I quite often found that through those musical workshops, some of the most articulate people that I've ever met, right, you know, in, once they actually got their story out, um, it was like, wow, okay, you know, you really do know how to express yourself.
3: Yeah, and I, I mean it's amazing. The little studio that we used to go to every day. Um, I'm still friends with every single one of them, and they all have such interesting ideas. They're all in for different things, um, but every single one of them knows themselves. They 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 all have compassion. Um, they're all good people at heart and smart people um, as well, which is not the kind of uh, discourse that we're presented when you see jail on the TV or you see it in, I don't know, Top Boy or whatever.
0: So there's a conversation that happens on the outside um, where I guess it's the Daily Mail reader to stereotype it. I'm sure there's other people that also hold this opinion that if you're in prison, you shouldn't be having music workshops, you shouldn't be having a nice time. Mm. What, what, what's your thoughts about a, a, an opinion like that?
3: It's <laughs> very punitive. Um, the same people that say that when you go to jail you shouldn't be having a good time, you shouldn't be uh, um, allowed to do music workshops are the same people that say they want to reduce re-offending and that, you know, they're fed up with the crime rates and the government needs to do something about how much crime goes up if you want crime to stop and if you want people to grow then i think mean, we've learned this in schools already you don't do that through negative reinforcement and punishment you do that through positive reinforcement and rehabilitation so
0: so, so these these are heavy words aren't they the the distinction between punishment and rehabilitation the sentence that you've served do you primarily feel that it was rehabilitation or do you feel that actually it was mainly punishment in the sense that they took away your liberty? My,
3: my one, and I can't speak for everyone, was punishment purely. Um, I do think that the prisons try to rehabilitate, but I don't think they're in touch. The outside companies that come in offer amazing innovation with prisons, which is great. But I think there's still a long way to go um, to separate the punishment and rehabilitation.
0: I mean, a lot, a lot of the conversations I've had with people have gone along the lines of, of something like uh, the one thing they really did feel that they got out of prison was this this time, which just doesn't exist for them outside, right? Where there's these pressures to um, to earn money mainly, but all these other pulls on their time—whether it be family, whether it be you know jobs, whether it be expectations or whatever—whereas actually it was um, a few people have said it's the first moment in their life when they've actually had time for themselves.
3: Mm. Yeah, I think that um, it's really true for anybody who listens to this as well who hasn't been to jail or is going to jail um, for their first time. Um, Jail is what you make it a lot of the time. We talk just now about punishment and rehabilitation. I think the best rehabilitation you can find in jail is the rehabilitation you bring about yourself. You have so much time to think about who you are and what you want in life. And you have so much time to try to take steps towards achieving that without all of the daily stresses and duties you have in the real world, whether that means, you know, what your family needs from you or the bills you have to pay or the things that you have to do to maintain who you are. I think when you're in jail, most of those duties and obligations and responsibilities fall away and suddenly the only thing that really matters to everyone, including your family, is that you're okay and secondly that you are doing something that you enjoy mm. um, so when you when you find that time all that time that you have like really the best rehabilitation you can get is spending it what do you want to do do you want to read is, is there books that you never ever had the chance to read because you know you always have to be on road doing stuff or you know you had the stresses because you've got children and you have to look after them like now it's the best time to make sure when you come out you spend that time to you know get a step forward even though you've been knocked back
0: what's in the future for you musically do you hope to stay in touch with in-house do you have any plans for or ambitions for writing or recording and releasing stuff you
3: know I came out of jail and there was so much to do you know sorting out everything getting money like ensuring that now that i'm out of jail i need to be a self-sufficient person again and for the last year i've worked really hard um and i'm just now starting to get back into having more free time and that's to do the things i love you know make music play guitar listen to music and find new music um, so yeah it's uh, it's It's nice to know that now, you know, money problems are subsiding a bit and I can kind of focus um, on doing the things I love. I've got like two albums, roughly about 20 songs, which all need to kind of be brushed up. I've done a lot of them live. Um, My friends love them, my family love them, I love them. Um, That I want to get properly produced and finished up. I've been hooked up with a producer from In House um, I'm really keen and excited
0: to kind of get into a studio and start manipulating sounds with a producer and get like a nice finish down to my first album. All right, man. Well, look, um, I've taken up loads of your time. I really appreciate uh, your insights and your thoughts about um, everything. All right, sweet. Well, it's lovely to talk to you. All right, mate. You take care. In a bit. Bye. All right, bye. To find out more about the world's only prison run record label, go to inhouserecords.org. That's all one word inhouserecords.org. And if you'd like to hear more of these interviews, please hit subscribe if you can on whatever platform you use for podcasts. The In House Podcast is an APA production for in house records. Welcome to In House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. My name's Will Hood, and this week I'm talking to Joel, who's recently finished an 18 month sentence at HMP Scrubs. At the age of 34, Joel has some hard earned insights into what it means to be an artist, as well as the nature of prison life and reoffending. offending. We hadn't met each other before, but I found him to be an articulate spokesperson for the role of the artist as a peacemaker. And I enjoyed this conversation very much. Hopefully you will too.
4: My name is Joel. I was doing an 18-month sentence at Scrubs. Uh, that's how I met in-house. Learned a lot there. Then, uh, yeah, I came out a few months ago and uh, I-, I continued in-house at Pirate Studios. And yeah, still working with them due to the covid uh, it's on pause. That's
0: where I'm at right now. So, just been listening to your track this morning, which sounds great. I oh, re- thank you. Well. Yeah, I really, really like it, man. So, um, thank you. Explain to me uh, what you're doing on that track. You're singing. You're playing guitar yeah. as well, are you? Yeah. And and so, yes, else? So st-
4: so, Yeah, so I'm singing, playing guitar. So basically, the track came um, from when I was while I was still inside. It's actually about my wife, and uh, just like you know, um, it's actually an underlining kind of message. But it's like it's coming from like saying I saw her name in stars and things like that. How I feel deeply about it and the things that we've been through. How I visualize and see her inside. I'm still kind of discovering myself as an artist and kind of seeing what my what my forte is as an artist and uh i think that's really the kind of artist i am the kind of you know that's love making track <laughs> love making track kind of guy you know i don't care
2: if i'm a nobody to anybody who cares? as long as i'm someone it starts yeah. off
0: with a um, a really touching um, line of "I don't care if I'm a nobody to anybody." So there's this self-deprecation yeah. that you that you open the whole song, which um, for me kind of sets up this vulnerable state.
4: Yeah, this was yeah, this was while I was still inside. So um, the line where. Um that, um, that I start off with, uh, I don't care if I'm a nobody to anybody. Is, is uh, there's a lot of things involved in that. It's um it's, it's the character it's the character that I am. So in society, in the world that in the world that we live in, um, people validate themselves through you know material means, material gains. You know, like with some people they have to have a, you know flash, uh, uh, a flashy watch. You know, with some people they have to have you know uh, expensive clothes. And uh, I've always been been a person where, you know, if it looks good, you know, and it does the job, it gets me from A to Z, I'm happy. You know, my clothes from head to toe doesn't have to be worth £2,000 in total. If it's worth £100 in total, but I look good from head to toe, I'm happy. And it's from Primark, I'm happy. I don't have to be happy because other people now validate me because of material gains or because of a certain thing if i'm nobody to you it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to me as long as long as i mean the world to the person i love that's all that matters
0: When was there a moment, uh, as a child or as a young man, when music first announced itself as something important in your life? Was there, was there that one artist or music video or, or experience? Do you remember that? a moment?
4: I remember. I remember a few, uh, loads of moments. I've, I've always, I've always loved music from when I was a kid. You know, I've always loved music from when I was a kid. Uh, I was born in Congo, so when I was three. My mum went over to France, left me with my dad in Congo. So there was this kind of, there was this group, right? Uh, But it was like a hall, but but outside hall. And uh, there was this group playing, um, this band that was playing. And everybody knew them in, like, in the town. And I'd memorised their steps. I'd memorised their dance moves and everything. And I went up and... uh, it was like yeah who wants to come up and I put my hand up so they saw this three years old like that three year old kid like put their hand up and like yeah and like what really can you can you can you actually do our chore- choreography so I came up and I did the um, choreography I did it from beginning to end and people like went crazy and like uh, they started because like they do this thing where they come up and like get, give you money if you're really good so like you, you, you got all these people that like, coming up and like whoa that kid is amazing the kid is amazing and they like give him money And then I just remember my auntie, my auntie coming from nowhere, coming into that place because she didn't believe in things like that. She was just like, no, don't be here. Like, these are bad people. You know, these are bad people. But I think, you know, that they'll be, you know, like, uh, have the lifestyle of, you know, drinking, going into bars and things like that. So obviously I'm a kid. I don't know this. So she come in and she just came on the stage and took me off and took me home know whoop my ass (laughs) and uh but 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 for some reason take uh took the money off me and kept the money Ah, so that's a a great (laughs) twist at the
0: end of that
3: yeah so so um
0: that's fascinating though man that that sets it up you know like the narrative of uh first of all music is powerful right it has the power to not only capture your attention and your enthusiasm but also to offend right you know your your <laughs> yeah, aunt yeah. was was offended by this this isn't something that you know should be um, should be happening i, I that yeah. that's a that's a, a great story for sure
4: <laughs> yeah yeah but but i mean it, it affected me in a negative way though because i came off that thinking I you know i did something really bad because it was only you know at the age of uh, what, what did I say what 12, I think I was you know mid twenties when I went into jail that I thought I thought okay let me learn the guitar.
0: It, it's fascinating that uh, it it took going to prison in order to set you Get up me to. Back. Yeah. Well, I guess to give you the time was it as as partly giving you the time to learn an instrument or or, or the space.
4: Yeah yeah yeah, they gave me the time because uh you know, yeah like life out here I guess yeah it was way if I if, if never if, if I'd never gone in I, I wouldn't I'd, I'd never would have learned the guitar I I just there's just too much going on out here for you to sit down and because when I learned I had to take hours hours and hours every day at first I was playing like four like like six, four to six to ten hours a day just to get just to get the hang of it and go past the, you know, your, your fingers hurting and things like that, and to, to, just to stick with it. So I, I don't see myself doing that if I never went inside.
0: So you mentioned um, a few sentences back there. Uh, you were talking about Joel the artist. So you were saying that you're still discovering, developing yourself as an artist, what does that mean to you that that label or that identity of being an artist
4: yeah so for me it's, it's key because um uh like i think i think we're all kind of uh, like we've all been given different talents as as artists like you have artists that you know that can write the songs themselves and sing them and go into other genres and the artist that i'm discovering that i am when when i concoct my own um um, sort of um, a recipe, you know, and cook it up. Then I'm, you know, I'm an I'm an artist of my own, and you I, I, and I feel like I really I, I, I can hear myself and I feel myself that you know it makes me feel like an artist. Whereas if if I take on others, I don't really feel myself at all. I kind of feel myself being a shadow of someone else. So I like discovering myself in that sense makes me want to go into you know writing my own stuff more and more as i feel that's where i that's that's um that's where i shine
0: it's a really interesting idea isn't it that um that the artist is somebody that uh, at least strives to create something new right rather than just um you know retelling other people's stories that may not always be 100% original, right? Because we're all influenced by other people. Why do you think the world needs artists? I mean, do we need artists? Do we need more love songs? I mean, um, what purpose does it play for other people, do you think?
4: Oh, I think I, I think we definitely need more love songs because music is a powerful... Is a powerful tool. It's a powerful uh, uh, hypnotic tool. I use the word hypnotic because you, you only have to listen to a track, especially a, a melodic track. You only have to listen to it once or twice. And before you know it, without even thinking, you start humming it. So if the message in what you're suddenly humming, if the message is positive, it's likely to have a positive uh, um, reaction in you. And if it's a negative, it's likely going to provoke something negative in you. In there being more love songs, oh, I definitely think I definitely think that's a that's a necessity. I think there's always room for love, you know? I think love is top of the scale. There's always room for love. And anything that can inspire love, I, I believe should be welcome. <laughs>
0: Let's give uh, your story a little bit of context, if if we can. So, tell me about when you met the in-house lot. What was going on with you? What was your situation at that time? Um, well, the situation at the time
4: was basically, you know, to be honest, it's uh, you want you want something to occupy your mind. You know, you want something to occupy your mind. And unfortunately, being somewhere like prison, it's very easy to have the wrong thing occupy your mind. There's a lot of activities going on that's negative and wouldn't occupy your mind in a positive way. Because the time that I did, a year and a half, uh, and the kind of person I am, I was well behaved. They didn't move me around. So I ended up doing the whole sentence there. Because, you know, uh, uh, um, Scrubs is basically about half an hour away from me. Uh yeah I just I just kept I just kept my head down.
0: So when you say half an hour away from me you mean where you're living now? <clears throat> where you're yeah, living now? Yes. Yeah.
4: Yes literally yes literally half an hour away from my house. Maybe maybe even less.
0: That must be quite crazy to be half an hour away from your house <laughs> and your kids for a year and a half and then Yeah. Yeah. Man. Uh-huh
4: uh-huh. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's, it's like a mind. Uh, it's like a mind buggle Yeah, yeah. My my kids, my wife, it's just half an hour away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's forty eight percent of people that leave prison are back in there within the year, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, but much, much, much sooner than that.
0: Right. I, I, yeah. A, I think four a, months a is the hot is, time, but yeah. But but go on.
4: Yeah. Yeah, a year is. A year is uh, like for the. I'd say for a lot of them, a year is a year is a long time. Mm. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't last a year outside. The majority
0: of them. Okay, that that's interesting. Saying lasting a year outside. What what do you think's going on there?
4: It's been institutionalized. It's, uh, it's getting, because it's it's very hard to keep yourself occupied in a positive way. You know, it's very hard. It's from being in there that attracts you back in there.
0: Okay, because of yeah, the people it's, it's that not, you meet and the life that you um, yes. feel that you're part of.
4: Yes, yes, it's not really from being out here, it's from being in there in the first place, because when you go in, right, initially, when you first go in, you, you
2: like, if you've never been in before, the, the majority, you're like,
4: you know what, whoa, nah, forget this, I'm never coming back here,
0: boy, I'm never coming back here, I'm never coming back here. So do you remember your first day then when you when you went in? I mean, what was that like?
4: My, my, oh, my first day. Yeah. Oh, I think it's best to say I remember my first two weeks. It felt it just felt like it was the worst thing. I because I, 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 I remember not eat like I remember not eating for two weeks.
0: Okay. Oh, what? Like, just because yeah. you were so freaked out at where you found yourself.
4: Yeah, yeah, I was so freaked out um, because, you know, like, obviously it was the first time being in there and, uh, and like, it's just, just a whole different, the whole difference in routine, life, suddenly just seeing bars around you all the time and, you know, you're now just a number being locked into a cell with a, with a stranger you don't know, you've never met and you've got no choice but to be in there and your bed is, like, half a meter away from the toilet and there's nothing covering it nothing oh just ugh. and then the food being so drastically different tasting different uh oh it was it was just terrible it was terrible i hated it I don't care if I'm a nobody to even though when you're going out you, you know everyone say, yeah don't come back and you're like "Well, oh, no i'm not coming back i'm not going but everything that you've heard and went through and people you met, you know, got introduced to and things you found out, and you're likely to go out and mingle with those people and try a few of those things for
2: yourself. And you, you basically then get the same
4: energy as, as those uh, rotten apples, you know, that make these sentences look like, you know, child's play.
1: Yeah. It's like,
4: oh, 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 it's literally, the conversations are like, oh, what, how long did you get for that? Oh, two years, oh, oh, 2D1, oh, I'll do that in my sleep, I'll do that in my sleep, oh, that's minor, oh, you know, things like that. And it's like, if, you, you, if you're not strong, you can easily think to yourself, well okay well yeah well it's true well yeah if it's, if, it's, if it's minor to them yeah then it's minor to me as well because you're thinking well you know what the worst case scenario yeah it is minor you yeah. know what two do one yeah yeah it goes quick anyway you know and if I don't get caught then I'm going to have this amount or I'll have this much or I, will, I would have gained this so it's not a total loss you know things like you start thinking stupidly I'm going nowhere to anybody
0: Joel, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, man. I am really um, thank you for sharing yourself so um, eloquently. There's loads of great insights there, so really thank you for your time.
4: Yeah, no problem, Will, man. I enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: All right. Take care. Look after no. yourself. No, you take care. Thanks for everything, Joel. All right.
4: Bye. No worries. Bye. Bye.
0: 1, so that's it for this month. I hope you enjoyed meeting Carl, Parv and Joel. Listening back to those interviews, which just to remind you happened during the height of lockdowns in 2020 and 21. I'm struck by just how much positivity these guys have about the future and just how much meaning they pull from being involved in creating music. So we're going to finish up now with a track by the name of Frequency, which was written and performed by Carl, artist named C Root, who you heard from right at the beginning of this show. And from myself and everybody else at the in-house team, we hope that you're surviving the British winter okay, whatever's going on with you. Remember to try and stay inspired and creative where you can. And we'll see you next month. Bye for now. No
3: matter what they do, no Coming through.
2: gone forever, nah, figures thought I'd be weathered, nah, Peter Pan forever, frequency so high you can't measure, shit, yeah. I'll do this at my leisure, P's and Q's, you're welcome my pleasure, take a walk in my shoes, never, never, Land is what we measure, before the foundation set, get the picture, stack what every day I endeavour, till I take my last breath which is never, like I said, I am forever, love to my lost boys in the slammer, Trenton, Bobby Lee, Swagger Yeah, I love the glitz and the glamour The universe, the limit, baby Jay, telling my mama No matter what they do to us We're coming through Frequency so high We're blowing through the roof They can't hold us down We ain't making moves we gonna get this paper Gonna get that loose Jay, they say we shine too much Figure see us doing good And want if we pipe up too much, they can't dance the so I don't care much. I step up on the stage and I do my stuff. them more pre me, gallum, more touch. Figures, will be me, but try act up with an eye back. Hard shit with platinum cuffs. Been in them trenches, living life rough. Now I'm living my best life. This life I love. If the lights too bright, put your shades on. Call the lights, never dying, only ever getting strong. Climb to the top, beat my chest like King Kong. See roots disappear, but never go.